turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. <clears throat> chapter 55. Father, we thank You, Lord, for this opportunity to come together and lift up Your name tonight, Lord, and to go into Your Word and study and to learn of You, Lord. Pray, God, that You would just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost tonight. Lord, that You would give us the spiritual ears to hear Your voice in this Word, the spiritual eyes to see the path as You lay it out before us. And, Lord, give us the God, the wisdom that we need to walk in that path. And we thank You, and we praise You for it. And everybody said in Jesus' name, Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. All right. We're going to go to verse 3. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live. What does that mean, hear? What's that? It doesn't mean to just hear. It means to hear and to obey it. Hear and your soul shall live. There's a difference in here. The Bible said, hearing you hear not and seeing you see not. Hearing you hear and do not understand. If you hear and don't understand it, you're not going to know what to do. But if you hear and understand and choose not to follow it, then you have not heard him at all. So he said, hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. In other words, church, if you don't hear this word that I preach and don't follow this word that I preach, the covenant is not yours. He said, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for He hath glorified thee. Church, every one that's in this building has come because of what they have heard and seen in this church. They have come because of what they have heard and seen from this church. Verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. What you talking about? Somebody help me out. What you talking about right there? Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. That's right. You need to seek him while he is still available. There is coming a time when the time of the Gentiles will fully be come in and, and He will close that door. There are people that have already left this church and it's closed. The door's closed on them. They're done. There is a place where you can go too far with God. And God will say it is enough. There are millions, countless hundreds of millions of people that have already gone beyond that door. They've already gone past that point of no return. There's a place in there's a there's a message in there on the wall called a point of no return. You need to get that tape before you leave here tonight. If you've not heard it and listened to that tape, the point of no return. Belshazzar could tell you all about that point of no return. But there is a place where you can go too far. The Bible said 
There is a time coming on this earth. The day is coming when men will not endure sound doctrine. But after the lust of their own flesh shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. If you go on down, it says, They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. They will believe a lie and be damned because they had not a love of the truth. What's he talking about? There's a Listen, it says that just like all those people that drive by here and have that look, that arrogant look on their face and looking to... to, to to, to uproot the truth in the churches. Why do people hate the Pentecostal churches? Because it makes the other churches, it makes them know that the other churches are a lie from hell. That's why. There's only one truth. This is it. Anything else is not the truth. I don't care what you call it. There's only one truth. There's no only one. There's not two, three truths. There's one truth. He said they shall turn away their ears from the truth. So first, people turn away their ears from the truth. What's the most common saying? I don't believe you have to do all that. I don't believe you have to do all that. I don't care what they believe. I don't care what anybody believes. Neither does God. He said, what if some did not believe? Would it make the Word of God of none effect? God forbid that God be true and every man a liar. The Word of God is still true whether you believe it or not. It's forever settled. It's just still true. What I preach is still true whether you like it or not. I don't believe you have to do all that. I don't care what you believe. The Bible says you got to do it, you got to do it. The Bible says you don't do it, you don't do it. There's, it's settled. It's done. Take it or leave it. God's not going to change nothing because you don't like it. And God's not your buddy, your pal, your friend going to let you get away with it. He wrote it, do it or don't. He's not hard up for no people to love Him. Why would He be hard up for somebody to love Him? Don't you know He can go create 10,000 more of you tomorrow better than you are? Don't you know He can make one tomorrow look just like you that was actually holy and pure and righteous and never sinned? Don't you know He can make that? Why in the world would He have to have you make one? He can make one already your age. If God that we serve can take a valley of dry bones and cause bone to come together with, with another bone and cause sinews to come upon it and cause skin to grow upon it and cause them to stand upon their feet and call the breath of life and breathe it into their lungs and make them a standing army and stand upon their feet. Do you, a, a God that can bring and resurrect the dead back to life, do you think He's so hard up for somebody that He's got to put up with your nonsense? to have somebody to fill his house? What is wrong with people that they think so highly of themselves that they make God come down to where they are to meet them? When God looked at Jacob and said, Thou worm. <laughs> Boy, people are full of themselves, ain't they? He said, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Another place the Bible says, You shall search for him and find him when you shall search for him with all your heart. When you get everything else out of your mind and start searching only for him, that's when you're going to find him. Call ye upon him while he is near. The Bible says, They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. First, they turned away their ears from the truth, and then God said, okay, now I've turned you. 
you rebelled. You didn't want to. I don't believe you have to do all that. I don't want to. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to have that. I'm going to do what I want to do. Okay. Now you will never hear my word. You will never see my word. You will never know the truth. You will believe a lie and be damned. That's exactly what's happened to the liberals in this land. People say, how can somebody look at something that's black and say it's white? How can somebody look at something that's white and say it's black? How can somebody look at something that's clearly up and tell you it's down? How can look at how can somebody look at something knowing that it's right and tell you it's wrong? How can somebody look at something that's completely wrong and knowing it's wrong and tell you it's right? Surely they don't believe it. Yes, they do. Because God has turned their minds and they cannot see the truth. Even if they wanted to, they never will be able to again because they turned away their ears from the truth and God has turned them unto fables. And they will believe a lie. And they will be damned because they had not a love of the truth. They don't want the truth. They don't want to know the truth. They don't want to do the truth. They don't want to turn from their ways. They want what they want right now no matter what it costs. We live in a land that has already been turned. I've seen a lot of them. There's no kind of way you could convince them because their mind is not able to receive it any longer. Buddy, when God turns the switch on you, you're done. How did it work for Belshazzar? <laughs> you ever heard that saying, I can see the writing on the wall? You know where that came from? It came from that book right there. Belshazzar, who was the son of Nebuchadnezzar, who went against God and God turned him into a beast. From a rich king unto a beast had claws like an eagle, and he ate straw in the field like an ox. For seven years, his son Belshazzar saw all that. And after all that, God restored him back when he, when he came back. Oh, he was a whole different type of fellow then. And then when he died, his son Belshazzar became the ruler, and he took the vessels of the house of God, the golden vessels, brought them into his palace, and all these whores and concubines, and they was having a big party, and he brought all the vessels of God that his daddy had conquered and brought back into the house of God. He took all those vessels and brought them over there and served alcohol to all his whores in it. Potty time. Even after what he saw God do to his dad, he still did that nonsense. And he was in his room, and he saw the hand of a man come out and write on the wall. Many, many tekel yefarzen. Which being interpreted, he sent to find somebody to come interpret it. And his knees were knocking together. He was so scared. Because he did that. He sent, and the interpretation was brought to him. Daniel came and interpreted it. And he said, uh, the saying is this. You have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. 
Daniel also told him, he said, this very night, you're going to die. It's over for you. Guess what? That very night, he died. And his kingdom was given to the enemies. Just like that. God's in control, folks. You're not going to change what God has to say. You can take it or leave it. But God ain't playing. That's why we're not playing. God is serious. Therefore, we're serious. Let's go further. Call ye upon Him while He is near. The Bible also says that in the last days, in these days that we're in, He said, I will send a famine in the land. A famine in the land. He said, but not a famine of water and of food, but a famine of hearing the Word of God. You're not going to find the truth in this land anymore. You're going to find a lot of churches that may have a little piece of the truth and the rest is lies. But let me tell you something. They but one truth. They but one truth. It is what it is. There is no churches calling for change. Churches are calling for your money. There may be some churches out there calling for commitment. There may be churches out there calling you to commit, calling you to uh, to come in fellowship. But there ain't no churches out there calling you to change. There's no churches out there telling you. You need to straighten up, fly right. There ain't no churches out there telling you, hey man, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work in this church. If you're going to do that, you can't stay in this church. There ain't nobody going to tell you that. Why? Because your money. Your dollar signs, man. What are you talking about? Can't be running off the money. We got bills to pay. But I believe just like my forefathers believed. God's got all the money I'll ever need. And God can take your money and give it to me. God can make money and give it to me. God's going to take care of me. I can tell you I'm going to eat. And I want to tell you how thankful I am. I just want to, I want to testify. Y'all get to testify a lot. I don't get to testify a lot. I want to thank God. Y'all may think this is crazy, and y'all may get a big chuckle out of it, but I want to thank God I ain't never had to eat vegetables since I've grown man. That means a lot to me. Because there's very few things on this earth I hate more than I hate vegetables. I hate them. I don't just not like them. I absolutely hate them. I don't like the smell of them. I don't like the taste of them. I don't want nothing to do with them. And I would absolutely rather starve than to eat them, and God knows that. And I absolutely could starve. My wife will tell you that. I don't have a problem with that. But God has never made me do that since I got grown. I had to eat everything under the sun coming up as a child. And I was very fortunate, I guess, to have food to eat. But I told my mother when I was a little child, I said, when I'm grown, I'll never eat this mess again in my life. A minute. I've lived by it. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. God has always allowed me to have meat, and that's what I want. I'm thankful for that. That don't mean a lot to some folks, but it means a great deal to me. Meat and potatoes guy. And corn. Pork and beans, or some people call them sugar beans or sweet beans, whatever. 
That's just what I like. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It ain't broke. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. But God will always take care of His people. The Bible said He'd give you the desires of your heart, wouldn't He? Well, you know, that ain't, may not seem like much to some folks, but that's a great deal to me. And that is a desire in my heart, and God has always been kind and generous enough to do that for me, and I'm very thankful for that. And I'm healthy. Praise the Lord for that. Who'd ever thunk it? I mean, most people think, man, you ought to be having 14 strokes, 16 heart attacks, and man, you ought to just be, uh, man, you ought to be a dead man walking. Well, you know what? God's kept me. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go further. Call ye upon him while he is near. There is a famine in the land of the hearing of the word of God, but praise God, there's none in this church. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So who's this talking to? He's talking to the people of God. Not talking to the world, it's talking to the people of God. Let them return, see, unto the Lord. Now, look at verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Can you say amen? How many of you have ever, and I know you have, because I have many, many times in my life as well, wondered... How in the world are you going to do this, God? <laughs> I wondered, where are you at, God? Because He didn't do it the way you thought He ought to do it. How many of you ever thought about the fact that He's kind of running late? How many of you ever wanted to send Him a, a, a melogram saying, You know, God, listen, just want to let you know, just in case you forgot. You know, i got a deadline. And, uh, you know, you're kind of shaving it close here, God. He's an on-time God. Whatever time He shows up, that's the time He ordained to show up. He showed up exactly when He needed to show up. He's not going by our clock. And He's not going by our calendar. He's going by His clock and His calendar. And that's all that counts. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, than your thoughts. He's so far beyond our understanding. His picture is so much bigger than ours. Our little bitty picture, <laughs> our little bitty picture, think about a God, who knows, He may have 50 million of worlds just like this. He might have a trillion worlds just like this. There may be a 400 trillion Earths all over the universe out there. There may have been 400,000 Sister Erica's just like you across the galaxy. It is. And some without horns. Maybe even some with no horns. Imagine that. But you know what? It doesn't matter. God's view of everything is much bigger than ours. We just see such a small, minute, minuscule part of the picture. God is looking at a much bigger picture. 
We're looking at what's right in front of us, but God is looking way out ahead of us. He says, yeah, you know, I could do that right there in front of you, and I could do it right now just like that, no problem. But He knows the ending from the beginning, so He knows what we're going to do with what it is He can do for us right now. And He looks ahead of that and says, you know what? What man that built the tower sitting not down first and count the cost? He looks at that and says, yeah, you know, but I give you this, and this is what happens down the road, and you turn from me. And you go a different direction. And then I have a hard time dealing with you, and you become a hardhead, you become a knothead, and I can't do nothing with you. And then you're going to end up in hell, and I don't want that. Now, I know you want this, and I know you want it right now, and I know you think this is what you need and all that, but I'm not looking at today, tomorrow. I'm looking at years down the road. I'm looking at the judgment. I'm looking at you standing before me in judgment and not ready to meet me. It's like children. They want to play in the street. Why? Because it's perfectly logical to them. It's the biggest place. You can ride a skateboard there. Uh, you can ride bicycles there. There's nobody in your way. And it seems to be the perfect, logical place to do what they want to do. It's bigger than the driveway. It's wider than your driveway. It's, a, it's big and long so they can get up lots of speed. It's a big area for lots of people can play. It's a great thing. They want to do it. But they have no idea, such as we do, that, listen, there may not be no cars right now, but cars come down that road and you could get killed. And so you don't let them play there. You see? Well, right then, you may be a mean, terrible father or mother, but it doesn't matter how much they love or hate you. What matters is they're still going to be alive tomorrow because you didn't let them have their way and play in the street. God does the same thing. He said, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. But it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. This word right here, this word's going to work. Works every time. It's going to do exactly what he sent it for. It's going to cut his people like a sword. It's going to cut them in or out. It's going to make them right or wrong. It's going to show you exactly what you need to do, and it's either going to make you get right or get left. It's going to do exactly what it's intended to do. It's going to water His people, and it's going to give seed to the sower, and it's going to give bread to the eater. It's going to be food for those that eat. You are, you are receiving food right now. You are receiving fruit. This is my fruit. I'm bearing my fruit. Then when they say, you know, you shall know them by their fruit, people think that that's people. They think that that's people coming to the church. And you see people like Joel Osteen with 50,000 members, and they think, oh, look at the fruits. That's not his fruit. The fruit is what he's preaching. The seed is the Word of God. And the Word of God is fed to me, and it came up in me and welled up and produced fruit inside of me. And the Bible says the seed is in itself. Where's the seed? It's in the fruit. Where's the seed in the orange? It's in the fruit. Where's the seed in the peach? It's in the fruit. Where's the seed in the plum? It's in the fruit. Where's the seeds in the fig? It's in the fruit. That was fed to me. I ate it. 
I digested it. I got the seed out of it. That seed begins to grow in me, and I bring forth fruit. The fruit that I'm bringing forth is the Word of God. It's the revealed Word of God. What you're hearing right now is the fruit from what I was, what was sown into me. And it has brought forth fruit. And now you're being fed that fruit. And you will take what you're being fed and you will eat that. It becomes food for you. And you, I'm sowing seed at the same time because the seed's in the fruit. And you eat that fruit. It goes in you. You digest that. You go home and you think, well, I don't know about all that, man. I think about it and you study it out. And then once you are, or if you're sitting here and I feed this to you and I help you understand it, you have digested it and you've gotten the seed out of it. When you understand it, you've got the seed. That means you've digested everything I just gave you and you have gotten a seed out of it. And that seed will begin to grow in you and you can take that same seed and sow it in the form of fruit. And you bring the understanding to whoever it is you're talking to and they get the seed out of that fruit. You will know them by their fruit. You will always know me by what I preach. That's what separates me from everybody else. I bring forth good fruit. Didn't say nothing about it being sugar sweet, but it's good fruit, and it brings forth after its own kind. Every seed bringeth forth after its own kind. That's why you have the blind leading the blind. Everybody that's in a church like this right here, we are to speak the same thing. And as long as you're hearing and understanding or being taught and helped to understand exactly what this word says, there's no, there is no, uh, there is no uh, worry. I have no worry that you're going to speak what I speak because if you understand it, you're going to know it's right and you're going to preach and teach the same thing that you're being taught because every seed bringeth forth after its own kind. Everybody understand? Let's go further. So shall my word be that, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me, boy, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Verse 12. For ye shall go out with joy and be fed or be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Now, here's where I really wanted to start tonight. We won't be going too much longer, but I wanted to start here tonight. Thus saith the Lord, Keep ye judgment and do justice, for my salvation is near to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man that doeth this and the son of man that layeth hold on it. That doeth what? That keeps judgment and does justice. You need to do what's right and do what's just. 
and you need to keep judgment. That means you need to continually hold fast the truth and do what the Bible tells you to do and judge yourself that you be not judged. Listen to what he said. Blessed is the man that doeth this and the son of man that layeth hold on it, that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and keepeth his hand from doing any, everybody say any, evil. Now what does it mean to keep the Sabbath and not to pollute it? Do you know people people actually believe that you don't have to keep the Sabbath anymore, that that was just a Jewish Sabbath? Did you know that? They think that's a Jewish Sabbath. Partner, that ain't no Jewish Sabbath. That is the Lord's Sabbath day. And the Lord decreed it for His people. At the time He decreed it, there was none that were His people but the Jews. But the Sabbath day was not made for the Jews. The Sabbath day was made for man. The Sabbath day was made for God's people. Why was it made? Because in six days did He create all things and all things that were created. And on the seventh day He rested and therefore He hallowed it and called it holy. How many of you have ever heard the phrase, The Lord will give you the desires of your heart. Delight thyself in the Lord, and He shall give thee desires of thy heart. How many of you ever heard that? I know you've heard that because that's the most popular Scripture in the entire world by all these other churches out there. They don't have the first clue what it means. Delight thyself in the Lord, and He shall give thee desires of thine heart. They, they own that Scripture. They print it. They put it on bracelets. They put it on pictures and hang it on their walls. But did you know the Bible tells you exactly what it's talking about? When the Bible tells you something, it's going to explain it. The Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the Word be established. That means it's going to be in more than one place. So let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at what it means to delight thyself in the Lord, and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Let's find it somewhere else in the Bible. I don't know, maybe possibly over there around uh, Isaiah 58, and perhaps over somewhere around, I don't know, maybe verse 13. Let's take a look. Brother Edward, help a brother out. If thou turn away thy foot, come on, listen carefully, everybody there? Isaiah 58, 13, everybody got it? Okay, come on. Notice it started with if. If. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day. Notice, it ain't your holy day. It ain't your Sabbath. It's His Sabbath. And it's His holy day. Not holy morning, not holy two hours. It is His holy day. From doing thy pleasure on my holy day. Come on. And call. Call the Sabbath a delight. In other words, not, oh dear God, is it Sunday already again? Well, man, dear God, seems like we just had church. 
I mean, man, how many, so how much church we have, dear God? Oh, man, I want to go to church and spend all day at church. I want to go play football. I want to watch a football game. I want to play golf. I want to go fishing. He said, call the Sabbath a delight. Don't just call it that. Mean it. When you can look at the Sabbath and it's a joy, when you can't wait to get to church on Sunday, when you can't wait to get through that gate out there and say, Man, thank you, Jesus, for this day. I'm so thankful for Sundays. I'm so thankful, Lord, that this is your day where we can put the world out of our mind and out of our thoughts and get into the house of God around like-minded people, praise God, and put the burdens of this world behind us and just worship and just fellowship with the people of God and feast upon your Word. Lord, feel your presence and feel the victory. Get filled back up with the Holy Ghost. Get filled back up with your Word. Get strengthened and ready for another day. When you, when you approach it like that and you truly feel that way about the church and about God and the kingdom of God, the Word of God. He said, call the Sabbath a delight. Come on, the holy of the Lord. Honorable. And shall honor Him. You call it honorable and you honor Him. Come on. Not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure. Even speak in thine own words about what you're going to do, work, and this and that and the other, and all the things about the rest of your life. No. He said when you can do all that and not speak your own words and all that stuff in that day, come on, then, come on. Then, everybody say then. Then, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. Notice he said, see, that's what God calls delighting yourself in the Lord. He said, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. That's what he's talking about when he said, delight yourself in the Lord, and the Lord shall give thee desires of thine heart. He said, well, you can do all that right there. And he says, you can do all that and give that day to me and do it and honor me and call the holy, call the Sabbath holy and a delight, the honorable of the Lord. He said, then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord. And, come on. And I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth. Amen. Did what he said? And I will feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Praise God. Notice what he said right there. Listen, you notice that scripture said, Delight thyself, Lord, he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, do you understand it? A little different now, isn't it? <laughs> Means a little something different now, don't it? Yeah. But you see how people take stuff like that out of context? They just pull a little scripture out and they make it their own. They put it, they mass produce it, stick it on walls and stickers and pictures and sell it for big money. Why? Because that stuff will sell. My goodness, take this little scripture and stick it on your wall, honey. You making it. You going to heaven, honey. Blessed to God, going to fall out and knock your brains out. All right, here we go. See how important. It is to rightly divide the word of truth. It's vitally important. We need to know this stuff. Because this stuff changes things. This stuff makes a difference, doesn't it? All right, here we are. Blessed is the man that doeth this and uh, that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it and keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and keepeth his hand from doing any evil. He's blessed if he will keep those things. Neither let the son of, a, of the stranger 
that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. Okay, what's he talking about? He's talking about strangers that can also be included. Well, let me tell you something, folks. You're strangers that were included. Because this was not meant for the Gentiles. People talk about the Jewish Sabbath. Well, let me tell you something. You're in a Jewish vine, and you're not the natural branches. The natural branches were cut out. The natural branch is the Jewish people. But they were cut out for disobedience, arrogance, and pride, foolishness unrighteousness and unholiness and unpurity, rebellion, stubbornness, which the Bible says is as witchcraft. It's the sin of witchcraft and idolatry. They were cut out and we were grafted in. We were grafted into the vine, which is Jesus. He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. How are you grafted into that vine? Oh, well, Lord, I just received you. Poof, you're grafted in. Wrong. How are you grafted in? You go down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Before you're going to be grafted into a pure and a holy vine, you're going to have to be pure and holy. And that happens when any man be in Christ, old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. He is a new creature, creation. God takes every filthy, wicked sin out of your life. You are perfectly crystal clean. And then you are grafted in that vine when you take on His name and are called by His name. He grafts you into a perfectly pure, 100% holy and pure and righteous vine. That is the cleanest you will ever be in your entire life on this earth is at that moment when you go down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Your sins are remitted. They are washed away. You are perfectly Perfectly clean. And at that moment, you take on His name. You marry Him. You become the bride. And that's what makes you the church. Until you do that, you are not the church. You do not become the church to become the bride. You must become the bride to become the church. Until I became the bride of Christ, I never became the church. That's what makes you the church. There is a key. That is the key. He said, I am the door to the sheepfold. Jesus is the door. When you go down in the waters of baptism and you marry Him, let me tell you something. He's royalty. There's only two ways into royalty. Amen. And we do both of them right there. You're either born into it or you marry into it. We do both right there. We are born new creatures and we are married into it right there in the waters of baptism. We take on His name. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. We are a new creature, a new creation. He created us new right there. He made a way to stop everything from that point back. It's gone. You have to be born again. Because the wickedness and the filth that we have gathered unto ourselves all our lives has got to go. Because you cannot graft wickedness and filthiness into a perfect vine. It will corrupt the vine. 
Jesus can't be corrupted. And He will not allow wickedness nor sin to be grafted to Him. And that is why when we get in that vine and we go down in the name of Jesus in the waters of baptism, we take on His name, we become a new creature, we are called by His name, we are married to Him, we become the bride, not the bride-to-be, the bride. The bride is the married wife. He even says it in Revelations. The bride is the married wife. Israel was married to the Lord. Israel wasn't a wife-to-be. Israel was the married wife. He said, he said, I was in husband to you. And he called them the married wife. He said, but I gave thee a writ of divorcement because of your wickedness. You're not going to have an intimate relationship with the Lord and not be married to Him. Have you lost your mind? Are you calling God a whore? Are you calling Him a fornicator? Are you calling Him a whoremonger? Jesus is pure and holy, buddy. He don't have intimate relationships with anybody but His bride. Period. He's not going to covenant Himself to somebody that's not, that's not married to Him. This is a marriage covenant that we're in. Do you think I would just let any woman come up in here and be called by my name? No. She had to say, I do. She's Mrs. Me. And I'm Mrs. Him. I'm good with that. Praise God He let me wear His name. Because I'm not worthy of it. But the whole reason he did it, he said, was to make Israel jealous. He loves Israel. It's his chosen people. He loved them. Still does. The Bible says, when the time of the Gentiles has fully come in, his, his hand's going to turn back to Israel. And those of the Gentiles that are not in, ain't coming in. That's why he said, you better seek him while he may be found. You better call on him while he is near. Because, buddy, that time is about to pass. Watch how fast it passes in this land. Watch how fast they put a stop to all this right here. Oh, let me tell you, buddy, it's coming to a stop quicker than you can wrap your mind around. Let me tell you, this is just the tip of the iceberg right here. You know, that's a real saying, isn't it? Tip of the iceberg. I've never seen an iceberg up close, but I don't know. Probably Brother Quick has. I don't know oil rigs and stuff out there on them. Some of them places out in the foreign countries and all that kind of stuff. You see a little. You might see a little old tip of an iceberg, man. That thing may be big as Rhode Island underneath that water. You have no idea how big it is. I mean, I've seen some of them on television where you see something that's just big as a big as a a big building up on top, but then they go down underneath with them diving, and that thing's big as a city underneath there. That's what it means by the tip of the iceberg. We can't see what's coming, but I can tell you whatever's coming, it's big. Because God said it was. We don't know how fast it's going to come, but the Bible tells us it's coming as a breach, as it's going to swell out in the great wall as a breach, ready to fall. Let's go a little further. Neither let the son of the stranger that hath joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, The Lord hath... Uh, uh, hath utterly separated me from his people. Neither let the eunuch say, Behold, I'm a dry free for the Lord. Saith the Lord 
uh, uh, thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keepeth my that keep my Sabbath and choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Here is talking about strangers right here that have joined themselves to the people of God. As I've said many times before, I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I ain't never cared about that kind of stuff. Man, that's why they loved me so much in the prison. I wasn't there to tell them about how they did. There was people in there that did every kind of thing you could possibly think of. But you know what? I didn't care what they'd done. I didn't care if they killed one or ten or twenty people. I didn't care if they was mass murderers. I seen some mass murderers in there, some famous mass murderers. Though boy that, uh, that killed that, what's her name, that lawyer that killed a... Uh, Killed his wife. What was his name? Big famous guy. Um, Levine or something, something. Killed his wife. Took it forever to find him. He was in that prison. He come to one of my services. And uh, I knew the guy. He made me some kind of little old Jewish bracelet or something. Gave it to me. I mean, I I wasn't in there to talk about what they'd done. I didn't care what they'd done because it don't matter to me. The only reason they're in prison, and I told them this, I said, the only reason you're in prison and I'm not is you got caught. Levine, yeah. The only reason you're in prison and I'm not is because you got caught. There ain't a person sitting in this building that couldn't be in jail for some reason or another. The only reason you ain't is because you, you didn't get caught. <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff that can put you in jail. Look at him thinking, not me. I'm pure driven snow. Brother Malcolm saying, "What are you talking about, man? I own the jail." Sister Rosie over there, she's running fourteen cartels right now. They're scared of Sister Rosie. DEA don't even mess with her. What's that? Chapo works for her. Under the eunuchs that choose the things that please me and take hold of my covenant. That's exactly what we do, church. We take hold of His covenant. And we try to do those things that please the Lord. And because of that, we are allowed to stay and maintain in this path with God. Not because we're so great, but because we do those things that please Him. And we do what He tells us to do. We keep His commandments and we keep His laws. Even under them will I... Listen, the eunuchs... Let me tell you something. This, this thing that, that so many men and women get tangled up in this life, and some of you adults know exactly what I'm talking about, it's a big thing with God. It's a big deal with God. Men and women doing things that they shouldn't be doing, and even when you're married and do those things that are not a sin... Because you're married, still doesn't mean God likes it. He tolerates it. It's not a sin. Why? Because you're married. But let me tell you something. That don't mean God likes it. God don't like it. How do I know that? Because He declares it in His Word. Paul said, It is good that a man not touch a woman. He said, it is better to be even as I, and for a man not to touch a woman. What does that mean? Why? Because women are not good? No. has nothing to do with that. Because with that comes lots of thoughts. 
with that comes lots of things that hinder you, lots of things that take up a lot of your time and a lot of this thought process up here as well. And Paul said that it was better, he said, because he is able to give all his time to God. Because, he said, if a man have a wife, he's worried about taking care of the things that she needs. And if she has a husband, she's worried about taking care of the things that he needs. He said, but when you're like me, Paul, who did not have a problem not having a woman, he was not a homosexual, which is what the world would try to say, because, oh, how could a man not want a woman unless he was gay? He said, look, he was able to give all of his attention and every part of his life to God because he did not have anybody else to tend to. He could spend all of his time and energy giving it to the kingdom and the work of God. That's what he meant. So many things, and every one of you know exactly what I'm talking about, so many things that are involved with that type of relationship, even between husband and wife, that can take your mind in the wrong direction and cause people to fall in many different ways. But a man that is a eunuch, which cannot partake in that type of stuff, he can no longer do those type of things. Some men have made themselves eunuchs, which means they have voluntarily removed the parts of their body that would allow them to partake in those type of things, and that is a covenant that they gave to God. That is a commitment that they gave themselves to the Lord and said, Hey, I'm going to remove the ability to even do things like that. And here's what the Lord had to say about that. That they choose those things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Even unto them will I give in mine house and within my walls a place and a name better than of sons and of daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Why? Because it's one of the most important things to mankind and for a man to voluntarily remove that temptation from his life and commit that part of his life that to most people are absolutely not possible for a man to do that, to God means a great deal. And he declared it right here. I'll give them a name, a better name and a place, a better place than of sons and of daughters because they gave to me things that most will never give to me. Also, the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve Him and to love the name of the Lord. Huh. They don't get no better than that. To be His servants, every one that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it. And take hold of my covenant. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house shall be called in house of prayer for all people. The Lord God which gathereth the outcasts of Israel saith, Yet will I gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto him. 
man, this church, and I've, I've said it many, many times, yeah, there is, a, there is definitely a criteria for this church. But I'll tell you right now, anybody that's willing to lay aside every weight and sin and that's willing to lay aside their agenda for the agenda of God, anyone that is willing to turn from the life that they used to live unto this life that they must live to please God is welcome in this church. It does not matter to me what they've done. If people that have left this church, even when they left here and tried to do it on bad terms, if they came back with the right heart and with the right mind and with the right mindset and they set their mind to follow God and His Word and they were ready to commit and live for Him, Man, that wasn't the first thing come out of my mouth concerning anything they've done. I would gladly welcome them back with open arms and say, Come on, let's go. Let's get busy. We've got a job to do. Because you have to consider yourself. If God hadn't allowed us in, where would we be? We didn't deserve it either. But I wouldn't let them in because of their goodness. I'd let them in because of His goodness, just like He let me in because of His goodness. But they're going to have to follow His laws to stay in it. They're going to have to pull the same direction we're pulling. They're going to have to do the same things we're doing and speak the same things we're speaking and live the same way we're living. They're going to have to love Him like I love Him. They're going to have to follow Him like I follow Him, no matter who it is. I don't care what you've done. Neither does God. And you know what the thing is? I don't know what you've done, but here's the difference. God does know what you've done, and He loves you anyway. He still wants you. How good is that? I praise God for that. I'm very thankful for the people of this building, the people of this church. very thankful for everybody in this building. I love every one of you. Man, I'm so thankful for you. I thank God for you every day. Every day. Let's read a little bit further before we quit tonight. Verse 9. All ye beasts of the field come to devour. Yea, all ye beasts in the forest. His watchmen are blind. Listen. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. Does that mean they're stupid? No. It does not mean they're stupid. Ignorant don't mean stupid. Ignorant means they're ignoring his word. They're ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark. What good is a dog that can't bark? Sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Oh, they like the niceties. They like to lay up while somebody pets on them and throws money at them. They love that. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough. I watched not long ago a preacher that already had a Learjet. I watched two preachers that had Learjets. Those things are high. I think $600 million or something like that for one of them big jets. $600 million. And I watched as this preacher decided that he wanted, I told you all about this one the other day, how he said, you know, he had one... But sometimes that will need to be in the shop for maintenance. 
And he needed to have one on the ready at all times, so he needed a new one. Had another one said that God told him he needed to get one, and that he just needed to trust in God, and he needed $600 million to get him a brand-new Learjet. He needed a brand-new one because his old one was just outdated. In other words, he wanted to keep up with the Joneses because all the rest of the preachers were getting the big, the big fancy ones, and he had an old one, and he didn't like that, and he needed him a new one. And do you know what? He got it. He got his $600 million Learjet or whatever jet. I don't even want to picture one. You give me $600 million, we're going to have 5,000 acres somewhere around here with a 50-foot concrete wall all the way around it. And it's going to be 10-foot thick with guard towers on every end of it. Everybody will have a nice house in it, and there's going to be a gate. There's going to be a gate like Fort Knox at the front of it, and it's going to be called Apostolica. And then they can truly call us a formal cult. And there you go. Listen to what he said. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his gain, for his quarter. Come ye, say they, I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink. And tomorrow shall be as this day, and much more abundant. Brother Edward, don't that sound good? Man! What up? I'm down with that. Brother Morgan, it's party time. I'm going to stop right there because we got a long way to go. I love going through this part of Isaiah. Oh, man. It's going to get nasty. <laughs> it's going to get nasty after this. Yeah. Was that funny? <laughs>